Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Your best Garbery with Volt Absorb and Intimidate. Oh my gosh, he gets Volt Absorb? Why would you do yes. that? What? And now, coming to you live from atop the Lavender Town Radio Tower, it's the one, the only, Pucko Podcast! It's Pucko! Pucko! It's Pucko! Pucko! Pokemon Underground Champions League, oh yeah. Let's go! Grab your friends, it's that time again. again. Listen to the show with the phone Love never bends. It's Bucko. Bucko! And welcome to the 336th episode of the Puckle Podcast. I am your host, Trainer Thatch, here today with my spectacular co-host, Shamu, and Sublime. And as always, we are here to bring you the Puckle Podcast. Puckle, of course, standing for the Pokemon Underground Champions League, a nonsensical name that was invented in 2004 during Comcast's uh, plan to take a hostile takeover of the Disney company. Uh, however, that was the code name for their operation, and they did... Uh, they did give up on that attempt. But welcome to the show if you're new. Welcome if you're old. This is Puckle, the show where you can hear all of your Pokemon uh, stuff, anything from the TCG to the video game to Poke Park 2, Wonders Beyond. I'm getting, I'm running th- low on uh, side games to like reference there, but it's it's getting good. <laughs> but uh, like I said, we talk everything from Pokemon, uh, everything Pokemon, anything. Man, I, we need to do another manga episode soon. I'd rather do manga than Poke Park 2. But how's everything been going with you guys? It's been a while since both of you were on the show. Going all right. I'm just currently tired. <laughs> <laughs> what you been up to, Pokemon-wise? Just PDL stuff, really. Yeah? How's that going? What's your record now? Uh, I don't know anymore. Um, How many games have there been? Three and one. That's not bad. That's pretty solid. Yeah. That's pretty solid. Three and one's pretty good. You're gonna that that that's like probably still in like the top tier. Well, there's only like four. It's like zero zero four. Yeah, yeah. I, one obviously. three. You know. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, but it's starting to separate. It's starting to move out. Yeah. But that's good. That's good. What about you, Sublime? What you been up to? Uh, I almost have my first Pokken character to level a hundred, which Ooh. I'm very excited about. It's at ninety eight right now, so I guess I'll push it to a hundred sometime this weekend. Which one is it? Shoot, it's Brakeson, of course. Of course, um, okay. 
I, I've gotten really good with I'm so happy about it. I think I mentioned this the last time. I feel really confident in how I play with it now compared to when I started the game. I don't know that I'm ready to like play against other people, but I'm about ready to start practicing online with other people and see what I need to work on from there. Um, I also leveled up in Pokemon Go, which is in the 30s, so each Ooh. level takes five ever. But um, <laughs> progress, you know? I just did that recently too, actually. I just leveled up in Pokemon Go myself. I'm uh, 32 now, working on working my way up. I'm 31 and halfway to 32 because I just yeah. did a Lucky Egg um, evolution part uh, half hour marathon. You yeah, know? I know what that I know what that's like. I don't know if I want to like. I think about doing that all the time now, and I'm just like, but wait a second. Like at some point, I'm gonna be level 40, and this game's not gonna be fun for me because I can't level up anymore. <laughs> Because I think leveling up is part of the uh, part of the experience for me still, and I can't. Mm-hmm. I I don't want to hit forty before like we get to current gen. You know what I mean? Like I would be really disappointed if I get to forty and like we only we're only up to gen five releases. Though to be fair, like at level thirty two, you're still only at like three million experience when you need forty million experience to get to level forty. So well, you know, I'm not that far. They could always increase the level cap. I feel that it would be something they do eventually. Yeah, they did do that for, what was it? They did that for Ingress, actually. For Ingress, they increased the level cap like halfway through the game's life. Because I believe you used to... That's a thing. Because Ingress went to level 8, and now it goes to level 16, as far as I know. I haven't played Ingress in a while. So people can tell me that I'm wrong in in their car when they're yelling at their car radio. Like, Thatch, Ingress goes up to level like 24 now. And then I'll be like, I'm sorry, I haven't played Ingress in like two years. And they'll hopefully understand. Hopefully they'll Also, understand. I'm uh, trying to make my PuckleCon plans. Ooh. If you haven't heard, PuckleCon is happening when, Thatch? <laughs> July 21st and 22nd in Dayton, Ohio at the Dayton Convention Center, room 306. I have all the That's paperwork for it now. Yeah, I have all the segue. paperwork for it now. I'm pretty happy about that. That was one of the things I got done last week. I finally got all yeah. of the paperwork. I need to do a few things because I don't know if we're streaming or not yet. There's a few things to get around to figure out if we're streaming. Uh, mostly I need to talk to their like contracted internet provider. It's really weird. The convention center doesn't provide their own internet. They have like a contractor that provides internet. That's so, ridiculous. Yeah, so I need to talk to them. I, I sent them an email. They said, yeah, can we call later this week? I'm like, yeah, call me anytime this week. And they never called me. So, so I'm just waiting. I'll probably just call them on Monday or something like that. See what's going on. See if we can get some internet going. And then you also have to ask for permission from the convention center itself to be like, hey, can we broadcast inside your place? And they go, probably sure. Who cares? (laughs) Uh, It's going to be a good time, though. I'm really excited because we just released a schedule for it, too, earlier this week. Uh, so if you haven't checked it out, uh, I'll try to p- remember to put it in the description down below. We do have a tentative schedule up for PuckleCon now. We have a lot of events, and a lot of people are really excited for a lot of them. Uh, I'm also re- really excited to see if we can actually get enough people to participate in all of those events. But PuckleCon has surprised me more than once. More than once. Probably, I'd say, about twice. PuckleCon surprised me twice out of the three years in terms of what was getting done. I'm pretty excited for it, though, because it's you know always why? a good time it's getting together. because I've been to PuckleCon twice, so I was the surprise. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was sublime. Mm-hmm. Me and Whimsicott both, you know? Yeah. 
It was it was both sublime <laughs> what, what and what did outshine me that first year. <laughs> <laughs> it was really bad because it was unex- yeah, it was a surprise. Oh man, it's even worse like with you because that, I came in right after she arrived. Yeah, I well, so I was just waiting to go to dinner because I was hungry. And I'm just like, well, Sublime's coming first, so we'll just wait for Sublime. And so then the door opens, and Viger's like, you won't believe who came. And I'm like, oh, cool, Sublime's here. Let's go to dinner. And then it was Whimsicott. And I was just like, oh, that's not who I expected. <laughs> but I showed up like five minutes later. Yeah, no, you did. You did. I, just, I remember. I remember very vividly that happening. Uh, yeah, it was a good day. That was a good day. Yeah, FuckleCon's always been fun. I'm really it's excited always to, get, a great time. to get to get it going. I, I like that we're getting to a point where we can actually make it kind of our own event, which is really cool, first of all, because then we can make everything like Puckle-themed, and it helps Puckle out in a way, and it's it looks good at, for advertising purposes and stuff like that as well. And it's just really – it's a really good time, and I, I – I do want to make it clear because we did actually put prices on some of the events this year. Well, all of the events this year, except for coming to record the podcast with us. It's also free to just come and hang out. But uh, we did put some prices there. And I tried to make sure that they were like within market value for like a TCG tournament and a video game tournament and stuff like that. And I just want everybody to be clear that Puckle isn't making a profit off of PuckleCon whatsoever. Unless, unless somehow... A mi- like unless somehow a hundred people show up that I did not expect to have show up, Puckle will not make a profit on this event. So I just want that to be clear because I I don't I used to say it a lot but I don't say it now. Puckle is not for profit. Like I don't benefit from Puckle. Uh, Sublime won't benefit from Puckle unless we buy a uh, the McDonald's experience sandwich. is a huge benefit. But financially speaking, yes, I definitely give more than I take. <laughs> <laughs> word uh, <laughs> and i mean Shim, none of us none of us financially prosper from puckle in any way i think maybe at PuckleCon we might do a thing where we'll occasionally buy like food with puckle money but it won't just feed us it'll feed other people as well and i think that's the most we'll ever like financially benefit from puckle so I just want that to be clear to people. I used to say it a lot more, and I've just stopped saying it, mostly because I thought people were get, were, would get tired of hearing that. But I've realized that not everybody understands that we don't actually profit from any of this money. All this money goes right back into the show, right back into the community. And I really like FuckleCon because it's kind of just turning into, and once a year we just throw this giant party for all of Fuckle. <laughs> and we really do appreciate it. I really do appreciate being able just to throw this large party every year. Because people are kind enough to donate, support the show, support the website. Let us buy new recording equipment and stuff like that. I'm actually really excited to record the PuckleCon episode, by the way, as well, guys. Just because we're using like the new setup that I just purchased at the beginning of this year. And the PuckleCon episode used to sound like absolute garbage, in my opinion, because you just set like a Yeti microphone in the center and everybody talks. And this year, it's going to be so much better because... Everybody, like, the microphones are going to sound much more crisp and clear, and everybody's going to be able to have a chance to speak, and I'm very excited about that. So let's uh, let's hope for the best then. Uh, yeah, I think that's everything I want to cover then. Let's kick it on over to the news. Radio Tower. This just in. 
And on to the news. In the news, life has been pretty, pretty dry. Because, I mean, maybe we're getting an announcement soon. I don't know. It's the end of April, so I'm not very... Uh, I don't know if we're actually going to see, like, a new, what's it called, a, a game announcement now. Just be, maybe in February, maybe in May, end of, beginning of June. If it doesn't happen before E3, though, I don't see us getting a Pokemon game. Though, Pokemon surprised me before, and they can announce something at E3, but they have never announced a new title at E3. So, I, don't, I just don't see it happening. But, moving on, though, if you play Pokemon Go and you're doing your research... On May 1st at 4 p.m. Eastern, Zapdos will be the new reward for completing your research train thing instead of Moltres. Because we all have four Moltres now and we're tired of Moltres. Very tired of Moltres. They also were super low CP. Well, exactly. Not, yeah, it like, wasn't fun. Honestly, I'm probably going to trade them in for my like already high CP Moltres that I caught when it was in raids. Right? Well, I feel like that's a good balance, honestly, to give higher CP stuff in raids. Because it's harder to do, get people together and go do the raid. And then your individual to go complete the Pokedex thing, those Pokemon are going to be lower CP. That makes sense to me. I mean, it sucks, but it makes sense to me. Also, it's a good way to get like 12 candy throughout the month. It's not a terrible way to do it, but you can get 12 candy throughout the month for the single Pokemon. Or really 24 if you want to be ambitious and use pineapple berries. I mean, you could try. I don't... You could try. Uh, I just wouldn't because of those catch rates. Yeah. I just wouldn't. It doesn't feel good to me. But if you're snack, you could. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm happy that we're getting Zapdos. It's good news because then we're probably going to see Articuno in June and then hopefully we see Legendary Dogs after that. Though we could, they could do Lugia and Ho-Oh after that, too. I don't know. That's yeah. I, I don't know what they'll do. I'm pretty excited, though. I actually got an EX Raid Pass for this weekend. So I'm going to do that. That's why we're recording the show. This is a Saturday recording. I'm breaking the fourth wall. But on Sunday, I actually get to go do an EX Raid. I'm super hyped hype for that. I hope I catch Mewtwo. I hope, I hope, I hope. And let's see, then. Yeah, so that's Zapdos. What also Zerora got like a battle video put out about it, which is crazy. Yeah, it's showing its signature move, the Plasma Fist. It's really cool. You can actually, yeah. if you go to Cerebi, you can actually type it in on your 3DS and watch it, which is different. I expected a YouTube video, but no, we got battle video. You can watch Zerora in the battle video. Oh, it's actually interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's different. I wonder if you can actually battle it. If you really wanted to, you could just battle it in the battle. Because, you know, if you save a battle video, you can choose to battle yeah. the Pokemon in it. Well, maybe that's only if you save the battle video, not if you watch the battle. Yeah, No, it's only if you save the battle video, not watch the battle video. I'm wrong. I'm stupid. But yeah, Zeraora, Plasma Fist. These get so bad now because we all... There was a video I watched recently about mythical Pokemon and how it's kind of just like run its course and it's done poorly now. And And I agree with that. Just because there's no need for it. It's yeah. Like, well, so yeah. it made sense with Mew the way Mew is done because mm -hmm. the internet didn't exist. We weren't digging into the game code like we are now, and we go, "Oh, hey, there's Mew," and it was really exciting. It was really cool that they followed up with Celebi, and then I could even say Jirachi and Deoxys were somewhat cool, you know. And then uh, Gen Four, I think, made the transition correctly. Like we know these Pokemon are going to be in the game. But the way they handled it is, here's an event that goes along with it, right? Yeah. And you got the Starcry item, you got the Shaman item, and then the unreleased Azure Flute. Um, I think those were really cool ways to handle the, proce the process. And then Gen 5 even does it really well with Victini. I think the Victini, the way they handled Victini with the Liberty Island thing, 
was really cool because then you could get it really early on in the game and actually use it through your playthrough. That mm-hmm. was really cool. After that, though, everything kind of goes, eh. There's a couple minor events for Meloetta, Keldeo, and what's the last one? Oh, my gosh. And Genesect. Genesect is kind of cool, I think. I think Genesect had some stuff to it. But the what? other two didn't exactly. Well, there's some like in-game stuff. Like you can go get yeah. Keldeo plus loot form. There's like a thing in-game. But then we get to Gen Six and it's super dry, yeah. and you get you just get it handed to you. And maybe there's like some flavor text that comes with it because somebody will walk in the Pokemon Center when you pick it up or something. And, and that's the same. That's where we are now with it as well, right? We we just get handed these Pokemon. There's nothing to go with them. And I just think you're right, Sublime. It's awful because you can't even use these to battle. It's it's absolutely terrible. You can't go to like a VGC competition and be like, "Well, I'm going to use Mew." Well, no, you can't. For, no, no. And that's the big deal, I think. They're just Pokédex fillers at this point, and it it hurts a little bit that they're Pokédex filter fillers. Though some of them, granted, do get to be used in OU, so it's not terrible. Like I I use Victini almost all the time in OU, and I I have a fun with that, but. If you're trying to do something official with Pokemon, you can't even use them in game. You can't use them at the battle tree. You can't use them anywhere. And so I think what they need to do is just kind of bring back the Gen 4 mindset of, hey, let's have an event associated with this Pokemon, right? Maybe make yeah. maybe make the catch rate like super high so you can guarantee they catch it or something like that. You know, make it 255 just like Necrozma. So it's as easy as catching a Caterpie, right? Or you know what I really liked? When they turn something that's mythical into something that's not, like Deoxys used to be exclusively mythical. That was cool. And then in Auras, you can catch one, right? Mm-hmm. So that's no longer like the classification of what we consider mythical. So why don't we just sort of phase the whole thing out if it's like irrelevant anyway? Uh, I th- feel like they're trying to use it to like promote movies somehow, but I feel like it's done very poorly. I mean, maybe they don't even have to do that anymore with this whole new direction. I, I agree with you. I really love this direction that they're going in, but I don't know. It's really stupid to me how they're handling Especially after watching Destiny Deoxys, I don't think we need to be promoting those sorts of movies. <laughs> <laughs> for those who don't know, that's what movie we watched for Puckle Movie Night. Yeah, and did you feel real bad about it? I yeah. was astonished. Have you have you ever seen it before? It was. I hadn't. I had not. Oh my gosh. You yeah, so it was like a, it was a treat. It was a reward. So like movies memory. 4 through 7 aren't very good. Like those those are probably the low point of Pokemon movies. It was really strange cuz it's like, oh, friendship, but then it's a hostage situation, but then yeah. I'm like, why are the blocks even doing that? I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> why is this happening? Ooh, it was it was something to behold, y'all. If you haven't seen it, I do recommend watching Destiny Deoxys, so you too can be perplexed. You can actually get those that movie super cheap. You can get movies four through seven super cheap right now because they're on like a four pack DVD thing, and it's like five bucks. It's mostly because those movies are terrible. I don't think yeah. I think the best one out of those four mo- or out of those four movies is maybe Pokemon Heroes. Like that one's all right. But the rest of them are just, like, Pokemon Forever is absolutely awful. Pokemon Wishmaker is, yeah. Yeah, you're done. And then the, uh, what's the other one I'm thinking of? Uh, We were just talking about it. Destiny Deoxys is blah. I do think if you watch movie eight, it's not bad. Lucario and the Mystery of Mew, not a bad movie. But some of the other ones are pretty, pretty garbage. They're just, they're not good. So... 
Let's move on, though, from Zerora and how we feel awful about mythical Pokemon and talk about this new patent that's just come up from Game Freak. It's just like a character viewing thing that like attaches to the Switch or communicates with the Switch and also communi- possibly with like cell phones. Uh, I don't... It's really weird. I, I, you guys should go check this out. Like Google Game Freak patent, but it's really really odd it's just like it's essentially a pokedex from my understanding it's just like you can look at pokemon that you catch with this display and if you look at the patent drawings it's literally the sun and moon pokedex like background when you say new pokemon uh recorded and all they did is like put a hand-drawn lion in it and it's hilarious but I think it's going to be something really cool, like maybe a little Pokedex, like a real-life Pokedex that you can like attach to your Switch, grab the game data, and then I don't know what they're going to do with it. I've always thought about, uh, what was it, when we're talking about battling on the big screen and being able to bring your team with you and stuff like that, being able to use like an Amiibo to store like battle parties. Mm. And this would be a really mm-hmm. cool different apparatus to do something like that. Like, hey, I can put my battle parties on my Pokedex thing that attaches to my Switch. And then I can go over to Shamu's house and I can plug it in and he and I can battle. So I think that would be that would be a really cool apparatus for it, personally. It's 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 a cool little thing to check out if you haven't checked it out already. Uh, it's also a patent, so there's like a 50% chance it just won't happen anyway. But it's really rare for Game Freak to put out patents. So that's just something to bring up. And then final piece of news, we already talked about this at the beginning of the show, but I want to talk about it anyway because I talk about this every part of every show, is that PuckoCon is happening July 21st and 22nd in Dayton, Ohio, in the Dayton Convention Center, room 306. Uh, Schedule is actually released. It's been released uh, earlier this week. I'll try to put a link to the description in it uh, for the schedule so you guys can check out, see if you want to come. Maybe something's on the fence of making you come. And like I said, any money that you put towards it is just going to help us pay for the pricing and for the rooms. Puckle makes no money off of this. It will not profit off of this. We are actually probably going to take a loss. But I am okay with that because it's just throwing an awesome party for all of our Puckle people. So that is going to be it for the news. So let's switch gears and go to PokeQuiz, where we're going to quiz your hosts on their innate Pokemon knowledge. And welcome to Puckle's Poke Quiz, the part of the show where we're going to quiz your co-hosts on their innate Pokemon knowledge. Knowledge. And as always, these co-hosts are going to be teaming up to try to take down other co-hosts on the show just to see what they can do. All right, so let me jump into it. So what's how this is going to work today is there are going to be five questions worth one point apiece. One of these questions will contain a bonus point, so there's a chance for an extra point there for a total of six. And then they get one hint to use to help them out with these questions. However, if they get all of the questions correct without using the hint, they can cash it in for an elusive seventh point. So if you guys are ready, we'll jump into it. All right. Are we playing softball like last week? No, we're not playing softball it? last week. <laughs> okay, let me take off the kitty gloves. Here we go. So this first question is about Scolipede. I love Scolipede. Scolipede's hidden ability was changed to speed boost in Generation 6. What was its ab- hidden ability prior to that? Ah, crap. Oh, hmm, hmm. Um, I already had, um, I already had Poison Point. Shoot. Do you think it would be Poison Touch? 
Because a lot of those things will have both. Do you know what his other main ability was? Um... No. Okay, I thought I had Swarm. But I Maybe don't that's know. what it is. That sounds like a good one for bug types. I just don't know if it was its normal or hidden. Because they had a really, like, like, bad hidden ability. Swarm is bad, so... Yeah. That fits. That was such a gift that they gave to Scolipede. Oh, yeah, speed boost, Scolipede yeah. has such a cool design. Oh, I love Scolipede. Oh. It's a very sublime Pokemon, you know. I'm gonna need an answer. Let's just go with Swarm. Okay. You, yeah, why not? I, I don't know. To be honest, I can't remember. Yeah. Swarm is unfortunately incorrect. The answer is actually Quick Feet. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's bad as well. So, yeah, that works. It's not terrible on Ursaring, but yes, it's not that great at all. Uh, so I mean, why would you use that instead of Guts? All right. Uh, you can get 50% speed. It's not that yeah. bad. But it's so strong. Make it really hit hard. All right. Our next question is the bonus point question. So in Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, there are several encounters in which there's only a 1% encounter rate for those Pokemon. Excluding SOS Pokemon that have this chance... What are Pokemon that have a 1% chance of happening? You'll get one point for each for a maximum of two points. There's more than two answers. There's five answers. And I hate to spoil this for you, but they posted it in the Discord. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Grob. Just do it. Just do it. Just tell me what they are. Vesta, Butterfree, Phoebus, Kankaskan, and Dratini. Yep. That is correct. <laughs> on all accounts. Uh there you go. You're getting all the points now. So Do we get five just points for that? Those are free. No, you get <laughs> you get you get one point or two points get for all that. The points. No, you get two points for that. But there you go, two points. Alright, moving on to question number three. What dual type Pokemon is weak to both of its types? Ah, that'll be interesting. Um, okay, let's think of the types that are weak to themselves. Ghost is weak to itself. So it's not like is it's there, not like it's both types are like. Are there multiple? Po- oh wait, wait no, and dragon is weak to itself. Is there a ghost dragon? There is. Oh, bam, Giratina. Yeah. Is that your final answer? Uh, like yes, that Absolutely. is correct. <laughs> Giratina. <laughs> that requires no thought. <laughs> Giratina is weak to both of its types. All right, so that's three points for you guys today. Question: and Jigglypuff is immune to both of its types. Ooh, isn't that? No, cute? it's not. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. How what? is it immune to Fairy? Because it's a f- uh, no. Jigglypuff is immune to both of Giratina's types. Oh, okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Okay, yeah, because it's adorable. All right. So the next question, question number four, is about the Trick House in Hoenn, uh, because yes. it changes it changes formats, yeah, uh, depending on how often you do it. So I want to know how many different configurations the Hoenn Trick House has. Um, are there five? Are there five? I don't know. No. Um... I bet Scron sent this question because he loves Hoenn. He didn't. I just wrote it. Ah, interesting. Let's see. Um. Because I'm trying to remember how it all works. There's one. There's the initial one. I believe, yeah. I think it's based. Nothing. No real main thing. There's one with cut. There's one with rock smash. I believe there's one with strength. 
Because they, they made you use the HMs for it. That's the same thing. Aren't there five HMs in uh, Hoenn? Yeah, because Waterfall wasn't eight? one of them. It fly didn't do anything. Um, oh, so maybe six? Yeah. There were eight HMs in Hoenn. Stop stop making me hurt. What? I Whatever. It's too much water. They and I can't certain, be certain ones didn't, weren't usable. Like Dive wasn't usable. Waterfall mm-hmm. and Fly, they weren't usable mm-hmm. in this. So, so maybe five. Um, Four or five, I don't know. I want. When did we get cut in Hoenn? Uh, with it, like, when do you get it? You get it like right. Oh, oh yeah, I can't remember. Metal, so it's like, like in the first gym, yeah. Yeah, no, it's right after um, the first gym. I would say five. Yeah, let's go with five. That is unfortunately incorrect. Is it the, six? It's eight. Oh really? One for each badge. Ah, we should have gone with eight. Oh, ah. one for each badge. Yep. If you're doing the trick house. Do something else. Yeah. <laughs> well, after every badge you collect, it actually would offer you a new configuration. So that's how it works. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. So that still puts you at three points for the day. Let's try to go for four here, guys. Question number five, as always, is a base stat question. And the question today is going to be is going to be about uh, base stats. And I want to know about defense. And I want to know what flying type Pokemon has the highest base defense. Well, oh. we didn't use our hint, so let's go ahead and cast that in. It's a yeah. dual type. And it's way more obvious than I thought it was because I missed it when I was going down the list. Does something so, have higher than Skarmory? Mega Salamence, I think, gets a pretty big defense boost, but I don't think it goes above Skarmory. Mega Salamence is 130. Skarmory leaves 140. Let's go with Skarmory. Yeah, I'm fine with that. That's yeah. correct. I I missed Scarf over Skarmory. Yeah. But yes, that is correct. Skarmory is the correct answer. Uh, so that well, gives you guys honestly, four points today. Honestly, dual type is a useless hint because there's only one non-dual type flying. <laughs> yeah. Type. Gee, okay, it's a flying type. Great. That really narrowed it down for us. And I told you it was obvious. You got that tip. Yeah. That's fine. So stop complaining. And I'm just have, saying. Is have, that a hint? Is that a hint? It wasn't, <laughs> hints the hints before. weren't That's as good as bows, but like. Uh, <laughs> and he didn't even have to cash his hint in. It's like, oh, it was from Gen 4 when it was a TM. I'm just saying. Uh, I didn't say that directly, but you yes. literally said that directly. <laughs> you literally did. Go listen back. Bo had to call you out for playing with like softball. <laughs> it's a good time. Like it's your fluffiest friend. Oh, who's who's fluffy? Hmm. Uh, yep. Mm-hmm. I know. It was it was a it was a good time. He was really mad at me. It's fine. Let me let me find the uh, trivia score. I haven't updated for the sideshows. <laughs> So please tell me if I'm wrong at any time. So this is four points for you guys today. Uh, and so like that's, that's the average. Uh, just about, yeah. Um, yeah. And so we're gonna go ahead. We're gonna we're gonna sort these columns, and that changes the standing slightly. Shamu is in first place with 14 points. Whimsicott and Sublime are now tied for second place with nine points. Ah, which puts me in second place because I've done the TCG cast. Yeah, because I haven't counted it. And then we also have to win though. Oh, we also have Scrawn, Bosephus, and Viger all tied for fourth place with five points. Maximus with seven point or with, in seventh place with four points. And everybody else has yet to get on the board. And as always, though, uh, that what they're competing for here is a race to thirty points. And the winner here will get any plush from PokemonCenter.com under $20. So, yeah, free stuff, guys. 
win before PuckleCon so I can use that to buy me some other stuff from PokemonCenter.com and get free shipping. All right. So we are going to uh, kick it on over after a short break into the topic. Hey, Puckalonians, It's Sublime Manic. Can't get enough of your favorite flip-flopping podcast? Then check out our social media. You can find links to our Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, and YouTube all from our website, PucklePodcast.com. And you can join our Discord to hang out with your favorite hosts and other Pokolonians. Also, check us out at twitch.tv slash thepucklepodcast. And if you have an Amazon Prime account, consider subscribing to our Twitch channel. You can also check us out at YouTube at YouTube slash PucklePodcast. And we also have a Patreon if you're able to give anything at patreon.com slash PucklePodcast. And welcome to the topic. Our topic today is going to be create a Pokemon because Puckle is starting a create a Pokemon league. For more information, check out our Discord. Or not? A, it's not a league, really. It's just a project, right? Yeah, more of a project, kind of like, kind of competition thing. Yeah. It's the rules are there. It's yeah, like we're I, saying who can create the best create a Pokemon. So create a Pokemon for those of you who don't know is a thing that's been going on on Smogon for a really long time, ever since Gen Four. Pretty much a bunch of people get together, they go through a process of creating a Pokemon. They typically actually get an artist to go through and render the Pokemon as well, which is really cool. And you get a lot of these Pokemon that you, things that you always think would be really cool to have in the meta, but we don't have. And I don't know, they're, they're really cool. I'm, I'm a fan. And so the first, so I just want to talk about some of them because they, let's talk about the history of create a Pokemon before we start going into making new ones. But, uh, so we, we've all been looking at this sh- chart of all past Pokemon from the create a Pokemon project. And I think there's a couple of notable ones, uh, in my mind, because some of these just are like spot on before their generations. And we were, I know we were talking about this earlier, but we didn't record it, uh, <laughs> but we have, uh, so Tomahawk is a fight flying fighting type that they came up with as the first create a Pokemon project. And it's literally just special Halucha. It's the first Gen 5 po- project because yeah, their first, first Gen 5 project, project was yes. back in Gen 4. Back in Gen 4. And I didn't they, have to they say They made it. a lot of mistakes. You know, you have to learn from your mistakes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think some of them they just make overpowered. Like, that's a lot of them. Let's be honest. Because most of them have, have like, over 100 base speed. They're going crazy with their base stats. They're all just about 600 base stat total. It's just under that. It's like 580 most of the time. I just found something on here, though, for artwork. Like, they have multiple designs. So what they did was they made, they said, oh, flying fighting type. And then mm-hmm. here's, like, 12 submissions of what that would be possibly. Like, this tomahawk? Yeah. There's a, there's a panda with, like, clouds behind it. Dude, that's amazing. And there's, like, yeah, so they the vote. plane. And they, like, and then after that, they go to the sprite, and then they go to the mm-hmm. actual, like, move. But I thought it was interesting. Like, hey, you could have had an airplane with your Pokemon. <laughs> I actually observed some of these being made uh, and what it is because it's an entire community project so mm-hmm. they have like a someone who's in charge of leading the project for the next Pokemon they're making and then like they'll have multiple threads and they make one aspect of it at a time and it's largely voted upon so everyone decides yeah. together how to make this thing yeah it's a really cool project I, I think there's a few that are I, I, they, they really do like hit it on the nose sometimes like with what Pokemon needs and what kind of helps out with everything? I don't know. What, what are some of them that like are notable to you? Uh, the one I was talking about earlier, which mm-hmm. is Necturna. It's a yeah. grass ghost type, 
But the uh, the project was based on what would happen if a Pokemon could learn any move, but only one instance of it. So they gave it Sketch as a egg move. So That's you can so teach cool, any move to Nocturna, but only once. And how does that change the way you play a Pokemon, right? Yeah, that would be interesting. Mm-hmm. That would be then uh, they'd have to make it an event move or something, because you can relearn egg moves. So... Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. You wouldn't be able to do that now, would you? They just have, they just have to make it an event. That's all they had to do. Yeah. Like, oh, you talk to this person and you learn this move once. Hmm. It would suck if you have multiple instances of this Pokemon, but it'd always be something in the code that's like, hey, yeah, uh, this Pokemon's already learned this move once. Yeah, I totally forgot. I've totally well, unless you just like, well, you already used Sketch once, and like somehow it remembers that. Oh, you you Sketch to get that particular move on this Pokemon or something That's like what I'm that? saying, yeah. You put something in the code like, yeah. oh, I've already taught this specific Nocturna sketch once. Mm-hmm. Okay, you can't learn it again. Yeah, you can't relearn it. It would have to be something... I, they could do it. it. Be, They've done weirder yeah, like things. Tutor. Yeah. They could, like, we could do stuff with, like, the um, elemental hyper beams, kind of, but just a bit more complex code. Mm-hmm. They've definitely done that before. Or they, yeah. they've just made specific code for specific Pokemon, so I wouldn't be surprised. That would be an interesting concept to actually put in the game, though. I'd be down for, like, just one move on any Pokemon, on, like, this Pokemon, and you could do a lot with that. That would, honestly, I could see that becoming, like, a Greninja problem, depending on what, like, the rest of the move pool is. You know what I mean? Uh, At least they give it, like, Grass, grass Go, so it's not a great Pokemon, but it's not terrible. It's got some actually, like weird like utility like it gets um nothing that's not the same right there um like you get thunder fang and poison fang and super fang by like level zero why super fang that's so weird on a grass ghost type it's, it's, it's the design cool. yeah. yeah i mean it's i'm still like, down for it i'm still down yeah. for it but it's still it's weird a, it's like grass and ghost mainly a couple other things here and there you get like horn leech you get hack you be, get power whip like i'd be okay with that just because you're giving it a shallow move pool already, but you're just like, hey, you can learn any other move from here on out, right? And you, you get you one kinda, of anything. It kind of doesn't really have abilities. All it has is four ward and telepathy. Mm-hmm. So that kind of negates it, but it does have high attack, high special defense, and fairly high defense. Yeah, that's not terrible. So it's it's a good. I think it's a decent balance out of compared to most of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one's not like that one's an interesting concept. It's not like uh, let's see we. For for those of you at home, I think it would be best if you like try to check this out on your own time, just so you can get images and stuff at the same time. But uh, another one that I think is really interesting is uh, I mean I want to find one that's just like absolutely broken. Uh, let me find one here uh, because they just make things that are too good sometimes. Honestly, I think Voodoo is ridiculous just because it's a it's a fighting dark type with base one ten speed. And so that's disgusting. It is disgusting. Like, you do have a high special attack there, but every mm-hmm. that, actually, that's not bad. Because you got essentially yeah. nothing lower than an 80 across yeah. the board. It's pretty, it's pretty fast ridiculous. fast armory with and both move pool isn't bad. Oh my gosh, you get bolt of sword? Why would you Light, do yeah, that? Is incredible. What? Oh, you get hit by electro attack here. Here's my special attack buff. Yeah, oh my gosh. They... You got the punch. You get a punch. To be fair, that one was made in Gen 4, so that was before Lightning Rod gave you the special attack boost. Yeah, fair enough, though. You still, you it just it absorbs it. Yeah, that's that's absurd. I do like that they tried to do the poison electric ant, but they did it wrong by making it an electric poison manta ray. Yeah. Um, They did it wrong. They messed it's, up. It's, it's Voodoo's move pool isn't really the best. It's not bad. It's also Gen 4. It was Gen 4. Yeah. So. 
You essentially can run Conk with it before Conk was a thing. Yeah, that's like a lot of these Pokemon. Ice Punch, Knockoff, Mock Punch, Close Combat instead of Drain Punch. I find it really interesting that a lot of these, like I was saying earlier, just kind of fill niches that were inevitably filled in the future. Mm -hmm. Like, it's a Pokemon that we wanted to have... And then we got some Pokemon real-life incarnation of that. Like you just said, with Con- it's essentially Conkledur. And yeah. we want, and we got Conkledur, which kind of fills that niche. And at the same time, you've got things like another one is uh, Kitsuno. Is that, I, I don't know if I'm saying it right. Uh, but Kitsuno, I think it's what it's supposed to be. Kitsuno yeah. is a Steel Ghost type before we got Aegislash. And it's kind of that. It's just faster Aegislash. Yeah. Um, and... Um. It, like that one got f- figured out, right? I, I I don't know. It's just I, I don't think Game Freak's looking at these and like taking inspiration no. for them. Oh, far from it. No. But I, I gotta say, I think the most broken one here is Carmodor, whatever. Carmodor, your fast Garmory with Volt Absorb and Intimidate. Oh my gosh, he gets Volt Absorb. Why would you do yes. that? What? Uh, so Carmodor, Vol- Cl- for those of you listening, is a Steel Flying type uh, bird Pokemon that these people came up with. And yeah, it's a uh, base 50 HP. So that's probably the saving grace, but base 50 HP, base 92 attack, base 130 defense, base 118 speed, base 65 special attack and base uh, 75 special defense. I mean, that's, that's a little absurd, actually. That, that, yeah, I would agree with that. They gave it a belly drum, drain what? punch, knockoff, iron head. You've got some tailwind. Uh, you don't have stealth rock on here. Water sport for some reason. Um, what? I guess. But yeah, like it's got, it's got bullet punch. Like, oh my! The gosh. premise was a belly drum sweeper. Like that was yeah, the idea when that's, they made. It. That's what happened. Yeah, you made a really fast, highly physically defensive, and oh, the one like special that you're gonna, or one of the two special that you're gonna use. Oh, guess what? I absorb that now and well, gain back my belly drum. Health. Yeah, well, you have intimidate and volt absorb, both of which I think are good abilities for both that purpose. Yeah. And that's absurd. That's absurd. Yeah, this one's broken. This was like, that would be Ubers if this was real. I think that would to- definitely go to Ubers. That's absurd. My favorite part is just the artwork because sometimes the artwork is at least somewhat Pokemon y, Pokemon esque. But I mean, it seems lately they've been going like way off the wall and it's way too complicated. Uh, my favorite one is uh, so like we're talking about the times. We have this the last one on that page. Uh, though there, that's a uh, creative Pokemon twenty one, and they're on twenty four right now, I believe. Um, they have Crucible, which also Mega Evolves, and it reminds me so much of like Tapu Lele in that it just sits in this pot with a hat on. Yeah, I'm like okay, this is that a- one that's kind of adorable. Um, I, it's just like it's just like wow, why did all of these things look like things before they were actually became something else? And it's rock poison. Oh my gosh! And it has stats similar to Nihiligo. <laughs> That's before amazing. Nihiligo, though. Be- before Nihiligo, yeah. Well, also, this is a physical attacker, right? And Nihiligo is yeah. definitely not. Yeah, but it's—I mean—the special defense stats and everything. It's—it's uh, it's interesting to me. It's really interesting to me when like they get they get something that ends up being real in the future, something close to it at least. Yeah. It's really interesting to me. But like we were saying, the process for this is very community driven. They go through. They discuss what kind of topic they want to have and what kind of uh, – and then they'll discuss base stats and stuff like that. Though I don't they, – they say they have some kind of way they try to do base stats, 
but I didn't look too into it, into like their stat limiting factors. But uh, it it's just it it blows my mind. Uh, <laughs> and like, what was the other one? The the newest one, Pajantum, actually is like Pajantum? I think that I don't know if it's either like just really good or just broken. Just well, I feel like it, they're still they're still trying to come up with it though, right? Like they're this not is, done. Uh, this one's complete, actually. It's completed. Yeah, uh, you're essentially a 101 base speed, 111 special defense, 133 physical attack with comatose, so you can't be hindered. Mm-hmm. Um, with haze, spirit shackle, um, you get brave bird as a level like zero move. Um, you get psychic fangs. You get a you get leech life. You just okay. This some... is absurd. That one's broken. Yeah, I'm just like look like I didn't look at the stats and I saw that I'm like oh you're already giving it a one ta- like a 100 base speed and you can't be paralyzed. 133 attack. You can't be burned because you're comatose. Oh, he's comatose. Oh my gosh, that's you can't absurd. Be status right? If my yep. Point. You're right. Yeah. Because it acts like you're asleep the entire time, but yeah. without the effects of sleep. That comatose is a weird ability because I didn't really understand it until I started playing Komala online a lot. And it's really interesting. You can get away with some cheese with Kamala. Yeah. You can really get away with some cheese. You got 120 base attack. As like a side note, I need to work on some more cheese teams for the stream. Uh, so I'm going to uh, – maybe maybe Kamala. Kamala could be the next thing. The next big thing there, guys. Playing Kamala. All right, but yeah, I I mean this is really cool though. Um, like you said, art submissions and stuff like that are uh, are a big thing. So, that, uh, do you have a link to that? Because I haven't been able to see it. The pajantum. Yeah, pajantum. I I gave it to you already. Did you? Oh my gosh, you did, and I just wasn't looking. So let's see. Oh, they made it look ugly though. Um, it's just like solid. It's like Musharna esque. It reminds me of. Yeah, it's just like a little bear with like a bigger demon bear under it <laughs> it's kind of uh, that's absurd that's really but it's also a ghost dragon too which is inc- like that's a good typing it's a good really good typing yeah oh man yeah I'm, I'm really excited then i wonder what the next project's going to be because that was done in 2017 um they're done with it now that's interesting so but yeah puckle's going to be doing one though where you can all kind of submit your own ideas and it's going to be a lot of fun um, I would like to hear what you guys have to say on the in the mailbag next week as well. But let's see. Is there anything else we want to talk about here? Uh, Sublime, you actually made something up, right? Yeah, because um, just for fun, in the last like hour before we started, I was like, well, we're doing a creative Pokemon event, and it's different because we're having multiple people basically submit an idea for creation and then we're going to have people like assist them with making it and then or like coming up with its move pool, uh, stats, things of that nature. So mm-hmm. I... Um, had been thinking, well, there's a lot of things I would like to see as Pokemon, right? And one of them is a pseudo-legendary bug dragon line. Oh, that w- that's so true. Yeah, though. that looks like a dragonfly. Mm-hmm. Did you yeah. think Flygon? Except better. Except different, right? <laughs> not not different, better. Better's the right word. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so I was thinking, um, so you have 600 base stat total to work with, right? I was yeah. thinking, well, if it's a dragon bug and it's a dragonfly, why not give it quiver dance, right? That could oh. be the premise for something. And here was the stat spread I came up with. Not trying to make it like overly good or overly bad. Here's just like, well, this feels like it would fit what it would be. Mm-hmm. 
101 HP, 80 attack, 85 defense, 123 special attack, 100 special defense, and 111 speed. Since it's a dragonfly, why don't we give it tinted lens and compound eyes as its abilities? Mm, I feel like we could give it another ability, though, on top of that. Yeah, well, you need a hidden ability, I guess, if those were the two. And it could be something less good because tinted lens and compound eyes with quiver dance, that's I feel like that's pretty good. I don't know that it would um, get much use out of compound eyes, though. Because I mean, you can if you think about of, like, well, maybe fire yeah. blast or something. Yeah, Blaster, you know, like the dragons hurricane. get lots of coverage, right? Mm-hmm. Hurricane, thunder, I don't know. Hydro, I don't know what it its might. move is yet entirely, but it's it like, could you know, get maybe hurricane. Some people I could see hurricane. I could see hurricane. Maybe people would choose to use that depending on their moveset, but even then, like, tinted lens, um, tinted there you good. go. A lot of things resist bug, then you can use your bug stab without That's... as much concern. That would be right? interesting, yeah. And then let's say, like, shield dust or something arbitrary for its end ability. Mm-hmm. That's something bug like, yeah. Hey, shed skin. Do something else. Oh, shed skin. That would be good. Yeah, let's do shed skin. That's a good one. That's a good one. I like shed because skin. Because if you're thinking Big, about like a pseudo, it's kind of giving it. Oh, uh, what was the other one? I don't even know what you said. I just kind of tinted lens, know. compound eyes, and shield dust. Yeah, let's yeah, like shield dust. Yeah. Like, like shield dust is kind of yeah. Yeah, let's go with shed skin. That's true. At least, like, if you're running quiver dance, that way, if you get paralyzed, you can shrug that off by mm-hmm. chance. And like thirty percent, yeah. And if we're talking about a pseudo legend, like it's gotta be like it's it just you don't want to throw a throwaway ability on it. Mm-hmm. True. Because even like Kobo, it's got like three odd moves, but they're all immunity to one way or one or shape another form. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's true. true. Yeah. And then I was thinking it could evolve at level fifty-two, and its first stage evolves at level twenty-eight. I, I'm not great with the. I didn't. I mean, I only did this in like less than an hour. I was like, yeah, well, yeah, let's yeah. call it Gargantia Fly. I don't know. Gargantia Fly, the Pokemon. Yeah. That's like the new one now. We had the Firewater Llama, the Poison Electric Ant, and now Gargantia Fly. This is now Puckle Cannon. We have decided. There you go. Gargantia Fly, the Puckle, the Puckle, the new Puckle mascot. <laughs> it's, like a, it's like a dragon with a giant fly. That would I'm like, yeah, like a gigantic oh. dragonfly or something. I don't know. It has. I was really, the head really, really, really big. It's just got a really big like bug head. Mm. Just, I don't know. It's because gargantuan fly. Like that's all I'm thinking. There's something interesting. I really do like that. We could good definitely do something with it. Yeah. You did. You did really good for an hour, Sublime. That's like really yeah, I good feel for like an I, hour. I threw something together pretty well. You know, I actually am going to be one of the people assisting with the Creative Pokemon Puckle project. So, cool. I I don't. Linian is the one running it, right? Yes, yeah. Linian is running. Yeah, it. Linian's running it, but he needed people who are going to be able to assist people with the crunch, the mechanical side of Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Um, for people's ideas to help them make it come to life, so to speak. So I'm going to be one of those people telling people maybe where their base stats should be, what their move pools should be, what abilities yeah. to consider. Yeah, so, you absolutely. know, if you apply for it, maybe you'll work with moi. Ooh, somebody famous. We're both around <laughs> actually, so... I'm just not making a big deal of it. <laughs> I'm, uh, yeah. I'm just, you know what? I'm just trying to promote our events. Fair enough. That's all I'm doing. Yeah, fair enough. Oh, I don't, that's pretty much what we like, kind of want initially, just like something like that. Cause, like, what, is, what, what kind of basis are you going to work with? What did, what did, what, yeah. what were you thinking of? What was the concept? Exactly, like the concept. You wanted mm-hmm. a pseudo legend that was like Bug Dragon, and then we worked from there, yeah. or then you worked yeah. from there. So. I think what you came up with, honestly, Sublime, you should just enter like Gargantuan Fly, and then it's pretty solid. 
that might win. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how the judges are done, but that, mm. you could win that. I don't know. It's a good time though, and I really do suggest if you guys just want to have some like Pokemon fun, creating something. Uh, you should definitely check out the Discord server. I, and I think Linian's in charge, so you should definitely contact Linian for more uh, information on that. He's super reasonable, and he's like almost always on the Discord server. So definitely check that out for that. If you want to do a create a Pokemon, of course. Or you can just watch. I'm really excited. Do we have like somebody doing the art? I don't know yet. Because it would be really cool to get some art for this, but we'll see. Uh, if anybody wants to help out with the art for them, that would also be really cool. So definitely hit us up for that. And, yeah, I think that's going to be it for the show today. So, well, not for the show, but for the topic. We're going to take a short break here, guys. Go to commercial, and we are going to come right back at you with the Pokemon of the episode. Coming to you from Pokestar Studios, Fall 2014. It's another Pokestar movie about superheroes. You won't like it when he evolves. It's the Incredible Muck, a brand new superhero with barely any plot. He's gonna be awesome. Come and see it. Fall 2014. Poke of the episode. And welcome back to the Pokemon of the episode. The Pokemon of the episode is National Dex number 553, Crocodile, the Intimidation Pokemon. Its unique faculty of sight can detect small prey more than 30 miles away, even in the midst of a sandstorm. Woo woo. Okay, so Crocodile is one of those Pokemon that was designed beforehand and create a Pokemon almost entirely. Not quite. But there was a ground dark type in Gen 4 that they created before Crocodile was a thing. And he's actually a pretty solid mon. He's in the UU tier, unfortunately. But that's only because of its base 92 speed. But the rest of his stats aren't terrible. Like, base 95 HP, base 117 attack, 70s in special defense and uh, special attack, and then 65 special attack. Nobody cares about that, though. Right, like, the fact that they gave its lowest stat to the stat it doesn't use, like, everything about this comes together good. Yeah, and, I mean, you can just slap a Choice Scarf on it with that base 92 speed, and it becomes a decent Pokemon. So it's not terrible. On top of that, he gets two abilities that are amazing. Intimidate mm. and Moxie. So that's fantastic. So you, Intimidate is probably the one you're going to want to use more often than not. But you could definitely... I could see some like Moxie runs going with it. Especially could, with Choice Scarf. Mm-hmm. You could definitely set it up so that Crocodile can just kind of come in and start knocking things down. And I mean, you could definitely uh, look at it and use, use Knock Off. Uh, earthquake. So first of all, both of those are really solid stab moves yeah. to have. Both of those being stab is amazing. And on top of that, it gets decent coverage outside of it. You have superpower, you have stone edge, you have pursuit. Um, you have, I think he gets a couple other things. Let me double check. Yeah, you have stealth rock if you want to run that, low kick, mm-hmm. um, aqua tail if you want to run that coverage. Oh my gosh, I forgot he gets aqua tail. Um, then, also, for a certain set, maybe foul play, but generally knockoff is better. But he does also option. technically get aerial ace if you want aerial yeah. ace and dragon claw and outrage. That low, it gets thunderfang, thunderfang yeah. and firefang respectively. Uh, dragon tail. I mean, those are notable things that, like, when you have things at sixty base power, I think are always notable, especially now in the age of Pokemon we're in now, because Z moves exist. And you can always take a base 60 move and make it a base 120 move very easily by just slapping a Z move on it and you're good to go. 
it's really good coverage if you're just like, well, this is the one thing I'm going to have a problem with. And you just go ahead, take it out with a Z move. And you're it good. also gets power trip, which not a lot of things have. Oh, yeah, because only like two people can <laughs> get it. And nothing's immune to dark. So if you're in a league or a format where you can baton pass, send it to Crocodile. That was Use used it. in VGC recently with yeah. uh, Evil Boost, whatever. Exactly. He just, He'd be a great oh. recipient of that in the VGC. I think that was the most common one. Especially because it has Intimidate Hello. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I've yeah. been a fan of using it in the VGC before. Yeah, bit. no, he was really good in VGC for a while. And he's a good man. He's a good mod. I would run it jolly. It 252 attack, yeah. 252 speed if you're running it in UU. Uh, so some things you need to watch out for if you're running it in UU. Let's see. Um, you you could definitely... Oh my gosh, I forgot Infernape, Kabalian, and Terrakian are all down in UU. UU is amazing. Uh, <laughs> you do need to watch out for things like... Uh, uh, you need to watch out for Mega Altaria after it gets a boost. Um, you do need to watch out for Mega Sharpedo, stuff like that. But you can really hit um, the Latti- Latios is down in UU? Gosh, dang. Yeah. Uh, you could Pursue Trap that. Um, and then Mega what is the Man- world coming to? Mega Manetric you need to watch out for a little bit, um, but it doesn't really get any good damage off on you. So you can probably hit Mega Manetric pretty hard. Uh, Lolan Monkey can hit pretty hard. Man, there's just so many things that like Crew can do. Crew is solid. I don't know what the viability rankings are in no, UU. Let me find out real quick. Um, but that's really solid. People love to complain. Oh, Gen Five had terrible Pokemon, but then I'm like, Crocodile. Oh no, I'll never say Pokemon uh, like Gen Five had terrible Pokemon because there were a lot of really great ones. They have a lot of really great ones. They had really good ones and then really crappy ones. There, they were there which was not a can very be good said middle. of most generations. Yeah. To be fair. So, so like the whole Sandile line is one of my favorites yeah. from that generation. So Crocodile is base or is not base. It's an A minus rank in UU right now, viability wise. That sounds solid. Which is yeah, really solid, solid, actually. That is really solid. Um, there are a few things you do need to watch out for: Breloom and Superior. Those are the two things to really watch out for as well. I love yet another Gen Five fantastic Pokemon. Well, Serp only became really uh, good after it got its hidden ability. True, 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 true. It wasn't good but until like, it, got it evolves from Snivy, so it's inherently great. Yeah, I mean that's solid. Yeah. What else is there? A TCG card for this Pokemon? Is any good? There have been. Um, I don't think any of them have ever well, been th- any good. I don't think they're good for two reasons, probably. And that's one that it's probably just a garbage card, like ninety-five percent of TCG cards. Yeah. And two is that um, Crocodile is also a t- stage two, which. At the mm-hmm. time, because I think there's only like one crocodile in rotation right now, it makes uh, it makes it really hard to set up. And the only one that's in rotation right now is from the Sun and Moon set. It's uh, double colorless false accusation. It's a dark type, by the way. Um, double colorless for twenty. It does twenty plus. This attack does twenty more damage for each card in your opponent's hand. So that's not terrible. That's not uh, good. But it's On not a stage good. two, are you kidding? Yeah. Get out of here. Yeah, and then two dark energy and a colorless obsidian fang for one twenty. Before doing damage, discard all Pokemon tool cards from your opponent's active Pokemon. So meh, it's not great for a stage two, and it, so that that's part of the reason. There was a Crocodile EX. It was probably a promo. It was a promo. It was a promo. It's it was bad. Like promo also. Nineteen, I believe. Twenty five. Twenty five. It's yeah, XY25. X, XY25. Okay. It was in the lower ones. I know that. Yeah, so it's not in rotation anymore. Let's see. Dark it's and also a, not good. Dark and so. a double no, colorless. Second bite, 40 damage. This attack does 10 damage for each damage counter on your opponent's active Pokemon. Yeah, for three energy. That's garbage. And then no. 
Megaton Fang, too dark and a double colorless. Discard a card from your hand. If you can't discard a card, this card does this attack does nothing. What? No, that's awful. Mm. Why would anybody use that card? Mm. It's Why not would... enough. It's not enough. No. Crocodile's awesome though. I'm a big fan Crocodile's of Crocodile's a great Pokemon. He's really, really good Pokemon. He's got everything you need. His shiny's actually I, cool too. He's got a good shiny. Like a yellow one, isn't it? Yeah. It's actually like a good shiny compared yellow to yellow and blue. Yeah. Yellow, yellow and yellow. Uh, yellow and brown. Yeah. Still. It's a good one. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I use Crocodile a lot uh playing through the games if it's available. Yeah, I, I would too. I mean it's a decent speed stat at the time too. I think Crocker And Intimidate in game is just so good for cheesing things if you switch mm-hmm. around. Yeah. Crocodile's fun though. I'm a big fan. Yeah, yeah I, I am as well. Good Pokemon. Mm-hmm. And Ash's the... Crocodile has those super stylish shades. Right. Right. Yeah, that we were talking about this before, but yeah. it, was, it was very good that I, I thought the story arc with the Crocodile in that sh- in the anime was actually really good. Completely. Because it's something that pops up over and over again, then Ash finally catches it. I think that's the, the one saving grace of Unova is that he got to use a rotating roster of 10 Pokemon. I thought that was super solid. Also, the Snivy was fantastic. Snivy I'm was just fantastic. It was so sassy, giving everyone all sorts of crap. It was. I mean, there there were some definitely definite downturns of Unova, but I think some of the saving grace was this, that he had this rotating roster of Pokemon that he could use all over the place all the time. And that Oshawa, that Oshawa was great as well. <laughs> Gave you the comic relief that you needed. Yeah. Oh man, I miss I misquoted Crocodile stats. Uh, Gen six, he got a buff to his defense of ten points. Oh, look at that! Uh, that that doesn't hurt. Doesn't we hurt mad at all. About that. Doesn't hurt at all. I think Crook's a solid Pokemon, though. It's got a decent. It is. Pool. It really is. Its speed is just a little short of great. Yeah, I mean, if it was ninety-five, like imagine if they had given it plus ten to speed instead. Oh man, if they would have given plus ten to speed on Crook, that would have changed everything. Yeah, yeah, that would have changed everything. Base like base one hundred is a really good cutoff for OU. I so one hundred two is just fantastic, yeah. right? Well, that's what that's what happened with Garchomp actually back in the well, day. Yeah, I mean Garchomp is unfortunately like a mostly better version than Crocodile. Well, so what it's happened? Crocodile gets more coverage. That's the thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that well, that's what happened with Garchomp. Garchomp got banned to Ubers in Gen Four because of its base 102 speed stat. That's okay. legitimately yeah. why, because it was just fast enough to outspeed everything. And if just I mean, if you enough. do the same, if you outspeed, if you do that to Crocodile, that would be that would be game changing. That would be huge. Because I think the biggest thing that's probably holding Kruk back right now is something is it speed. Well, it's its speed and something probably like Tapu Lele, right? And Tapu Lele's got that base ninety five speed. Imagine if you were at like Tapu, even ninety six. If you were at ninety six speed, I think Kruk would see a lot more play as well. Just four points because I think ninety five is like a nice sub tier of speeds in Pokemon. And if you could outspeed that, Kruk would definitely start finding some niche plays. And that that's the other thing. The other thing to note is um, for draft league. I know we're not playing. I, I wanted to pay more attention to it this season, but I haven't been able to keep up. However, in draft league, I find that base eighty is that new cutoff instead of base one hundred in terms of team building. So crocodile obviously beats that. So it's something to think about for like the draft league format. So just keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. Uh, so that is going to be it for crocodile. If you want to read more awesome Pokemon stuff, check out pucklepodcast.com. We are going to kick it on over, guys. To the mailbag. It's mail time. It's time for the mailbag. 
send in your emails. The mail's here. Check your inbox. It's time for the mailbag. And welcome to the mailbag. The mailbag, as always, is brought to you by Green Toros, the energy drink that gives you hooves. And as always, we will be giving out the hooves. <laughs> I'm so okay with that. Uh, but as always, we'll be giving out the Green Taurus badge roll to anybody who inspires discussion. So uh, this is the, if you're new to the show, this is the segment of the show where we read listener emails and we discuss any topics they bring up in those. You can send them to us at pucklepodcast at gmail.com. We typically have a, what's it called? A, a prompt for you guys, a mailbag question. And last week, we wanted to know what some of your favorite music from the Pokemon series was. And as well as uh, this week, if you want to send in an email, you can do so at pucklepodcast.gmail.com answering uh, what kind of Pokemon would you create if you had the opportunity? What kind of Pokemon would you like to add to the game? So definitely send those in to pucklepodcast at gmail.com. And, and if so, you can do it as an email, you can do it in the event. So exactly. you might as well join it. Yep. All right. So our next email, our first email is going to be from 10 Little Men. Hey, Thatch, Sublime, and Shamu. 10 Little Men here writing in this week to talk about this week's mailbag question. Last week's episode reminded me of how much I adore the music in Pokemon. Picking a favorite song is borderline impossible. So I'm just going to take the easy way out and name a couple of standouts. My current favorite villain theme might be Guzma's. I love the gangster tone of it and the way it so perfectly balances his unstable, menacing side with inherent goofiness of Team Skull. My favorite Pokemon theme is definitely the ancient Pokemon theme of the Weather Trio. The fusion of heavy brass and percussion gives the music, gives the battle a titanic, almost hopeless feeling, like nothing can stand against the immense force of nature in front of you. The Johto region is my favorite overworld mu- musically. All of the towns have a fitting theme, whether it's the upbeat Goldoran or the vaguely mystical Ecritique. It's all great. Lastly, Wally's theme for Oraz is basically pure perfection and captures his story arc incredibly. I could probably ramble about this topic forever, so I'll cut myself off here. 20 euphoric flip-flops, 10 little men's forcing a musical outro, Coda. Gosh dang it. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, those are all good musics. Those are, those are all good pieces. They're all fantastic. Yeah, I mean, he, kn- he didn't name any bad ones. Uh, so, I mean, to be fair, I don't know if there's anything that I would classify as I was going like to say, what would Pokemon. you call bad? Yeah, right? I don't know if I'd call anything bad except for, like, the Diamond and Pearl theme song. That's so. surprising because I was, like, after last week's episode, I was going back to listen to the Diamond and Pearl uh, soundtrack. And I don't like Gen 4 much, but I was, like, surprised to think, oh, this has one of the better soundtracks in the series. I'm really impressed with it. Yeah, it wasn't bad. I yeah. feel like if you go to, I feel like the stark contrast there is between, uh, what's it called, Gen 3 and Gen 4 in terms of hardware allowed mm-hmm. there to be such a drastic mm-hmm. shift in Pokemon that it becomes very memorable when you shift from yeah. the, the 32-bit hardware to the, hey, we can actually put MP3s in here hardware. I also just don't need trumpets in my life like that. We were all so, so tired yeah. of the trumpets. Just saying. Not a fan. We were, we were all not a fan of trumpets. <laughs> all right. So Sublime, you get this next one from M Dash. Alola Puckle Crew. I'm listening to my favorite Pokemon tune as I write this, The Battle at the Summit. Credited to Go uh, Ichonis and Junichi Masuda. 
Uh, I get goosebumps the first time I heard this song as my team and I braced ourselves for the final surprise battle. It's so dramatic with melodies that fit from when your team is on the ropes to when they make that key decision or gamble that leads to your comeback and victory. This song seamlessly brings new embellishments to a classic Pokemon song. It's the perfect fit for Gen 7, uh, Gen 7 the culmination of Game Freak's work of 20 years of Pokemon. For the same reasons, Champion Red and Blue battle music uh, from your first encounter with them at the Battle Tree is a close second. That's true. Are that there any Pokemon too. songs that you like that both tickle your sense of nostalgia and also present something new? Do you like it because you think the song is improved or is it mostly just nostalgia? Catch you on the flip-flop, M-Dash. Oh, man. So I already did mine last week. But what about you guys? Anything that you like particularly? What I've been listening to a lot quite recently uh, has been the battle with Zinnia, actually. Zinnia's a good one. Yeah. That is actually. And I'm going to say that it fits both of those things because it was a new piece, right, for a new character. But it's in an old region for a remake. Yeah. Yeah. That is really interesting. That's one of those things. I like that a lot more than most of Hoenn's soundtrack because it's just too much percussion. That's one of those things where I really wish they would have expanded on a little bit more mm-hmm. or at least we got something more like a what whatever the looker you know how we get looker in every game and we get like mm-hmm. little pieces of his lore in it i would really like to see something with like the dragon tribe and that coming up over and over and over again just be a recurring thing in the series of pokemon so just so we can get like a little bit more of that cuz i feel like zinnia was such a cool character but did nothing yeah, they shared his whole backstory, but you really never saw anything from it. She was just there explaining her backstory. Yeah. Like, if we could see that somewhere else, that would be awesome. Just to get more into that. It would be even cooler if, like, maybe we got something like Looker and Zinnia show up at the same time. That would be really cool. Yeah. I could see that. All right. This next one is from Mikey. So this is all you, Shamu. All right. Hey, Satchin gang. So this week's mailbag is about our favorite piece of music from Pokemon. Well, is it possible just to get the entire soundtrack of Black and White and Black and White 2 as one giant song and call that my favorite piece of music from Pokemon? <laughs> I, I, I would say yes. but um, I love the music from the Unova games. There is a battle scene from the Battle Subway that has the subtle sound of a train in the background. It really makes you feel as if you were battling in a subway. The the individual gun scenes for each... Wait, oh, gym scenes, I think. For each gym in Black and White 2. My personal favorite is the gym theme from Burbank, Nimbasa, and Opelousid City Gym. Any soundtrack with Team Plasma was amazing. Cole Ross's battle theme to Getsis was something amazing. Oh, did you know that Getsis' battle theme includes a chorus that chants his name? If you didn't... No. Yeah. I, didn't I feel attention. like everyone knows that. No? I, I, I oh, figured that out kind of after. I don't like, know if I remember. I, like, if I heard it, I'd probably be like, "Oh, yeah, there it is." But I honestly don't remember Gen Five. So, yeah. If you didn't, then they made that clear in his Usum battle scene. <laughs> uh, speaking of Alola, Gen Seven has amazing music too. I am a huge fan of Guzma and pretty much any piece of music featuring Team Skull. So, what brings tears to my eyes is the Alola region theme and the ending credits at the end, the end screen. Speaking of the end, the music for those screens is always great, but I should end this email now. Million flip-flops, Mikey. So, fun fact, uh, the soundtrack to Black to White 2 is the only one I've actually bought so far. 
Really? And the reason I bought it, yeah, and there's a reason I did. It's because uh, you have a lot of really good themes from all of the series up to that point um, hmm. because of the Pokemon World Tournament. So you have all of the gym leader themes up to that point, all of the champion themes. It like gets you a lot of really good music uh, in one soundtrack, right? And actually, now that I think about it, one of my va- very favorite uh, um, musical pieces in Pokemon is the championship battle in the Pokemon World Tournament. It's hmm. it's a really good one. That's not bad. It gets slept on. That's not bad at all. Yeah, there's a... Uh, that would be... Oh, man, I forgot where I was going with this. Yeah, it's, Gen 5's all right. I think... I, so I want to go to the Team Skull one for a minute, and just because everybody's been praising it. So Everyone's talking so much about Team Skull, and I'm like... I guess. Yeah, right. Whatever. So so you know what that makes me think of so bad because you get like this gangster vibe, quote unquote, from it. It makes it me really feel like guess. Sonic games. <laughs> That's really what it, like every time I hear that music, I'm like, it makes me remember Sonic Adventure Battle 2. Oh, yeah, I know. And what its you mean, soundtrack. Yeah. Because you there's a lot of very similar styled music in that. And it just it just makes me think of that instead of something like original and groundbreaking. I'm just like, oh, this is just Sonic Adventure Battle 2. So that's I I don't know that's, that's just my like personal oversaturated opinion. kind of yeah like, I feel oh. oversaturated but that's only because I put too many hours into Sonic Adventure Battle Two yeah so we we actually have time for one more so we do have one more email that we can get to uh, this one's from Uncle Oshawott so Uncle Oshawott says what's hip and happening loving Puckle fam it's your boy Uncle Oshawott and let me tell you. I love the podcast last week. Music in Pokemon had always been one of my favorite elements of the games. The amount of amazing scores Pokemon games have churned out over the years is staggering, and I loved hearing your thoughts on some of my favorite tracks. However, one element not touched upon in the episode was music from the spinoff games. The main series games are great at giving us that classic Pokemon experience, but the spinoffs provide a fresh take on the franchise's presentation, including music. Pokemon Rangers Team Dim Dim Sun theme is a great example of what spinoffs can offer with its comparatively more chilled out evil team groove. My personal favorite spinoff track comes from mystery dungeon series, such as the through the sea of time and defy the legends. Of course, this list just touches on the surface of the vast library of great music. That is this Pokemon spinoff games. So to prevent this mailbag from being too long, I'll let you finish. What are all of your favorite tracks from the spinoffs? Wishing you a pleasant week of relaxing weather and heated piddle stress, Uncle Oshawott. So that's a really good point. Some of the spinoffs have great music. So I think the spinoffs though are more hit and miss than the actual Pokemon series, personally, because I feel like you can get to a point where some of the music for some of the spinoff games is just absolutely awful, and it doesn't feel Pokemon. Also, there's the problem that sometimes doesn't actually capture the Pokemon feeling. If yeah. that makes sense. And those are things I, I guess, that I worry about. I guess my favorite from a spinoff would be uh, any Mirror B theme. Yeah, there we go. That's the right answer. That wasn't Mirror B, was it? I think that was just general Pokemon Coliseum. It was like a general, like, it's you're about to battle like Pokemon Coliseum. I think it might have been. Mirror B was like, he had more of a... He had like a weird... He had a Ludicolo vibe. Yeah, uh, I can't remember what it was. Oh, shoot. So I've never played uh, Mystery Dungeon, but I have listened to some of its soundtrack because it has some really good music on it. And one of my favorite pieces from it is called The Bitter Cold, mm-hmm. um, which I think is like the first boss battle. I don't know. I've, I haven't played Okay. It. 
That one's really, really good. Um, it has like a lot of like high pitched xylophone in the background. It makes it very dramatic. And then uh, because we talk about it occasionally, Pokemon Conquest had pretty good music too. I thought. You know? Yeah, yeah, that's true. I like I said though, I feel like this been also a little bit more hit and miss, just because the tones are different than an actual yeah. Pokemon game. And it depends if you like that spinoff genre or not. But uh, I guess this is going to be it for the emails. Anybody you think that you guys want to have get the green Tauros badge roll thing in a jig? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna. Mm-hmm. Nah, I, nothing really. Oh man. Popped. Anything from you, Sublime? Uh, why not M dash? M dash, perfect. I agree. M dash, you win the green Taurus badge roll, so make sure you hit up one of the mods on uh, the Discord to get that. And I guess uh, that's going to be it for the show this week. If you want to send an email next week, you can tell us what kind of Pokemon you would like to create. Send that into pucklepodcast at gmail.com. Additionally, if you want to come and hang out with us during the week, you could do so in so many different ways. You can hang out with me, Shamu, Sublime, and sometimes some of the other people who aren't as cool because they're not here right now. You can go ahead and check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and on, uh, what's that other one? Reddit. You can find all of those links in the show notes or on the website, pucklepodcast.com. Of course, if you want to come and chat with us during the week, you can do so by going to our Discord. The invite link is in the show notes down below. We really do interact with you guys, and we love talking to you. It's always a blast to hang out with some Puckle people, get some battles going, just talk some general Pokemon nonsense. In between the show today, I think we had like a 20-minute segment where we all just talked about Ash's roster and what we wish for it. (laughs) Should have recorded that for like Patreon content or something like that. Uh, Bonus footage. Yeah, and then, of course, if you want to come and check us out and do more Puckle-like things with us, one, we have the Thursday shows you can always check out. And, of course, you can always check out Jushiro and myself at Twitch at twitch.tv slash thepucklepodcast. I'm on Thursdays and Jushiro's on Mondays right now, though things are probably going to flip around when I move. We're going to change dates and get everything figured out. And if you want to support the show, you can do so in a couple different ways. One, you can go to Tee Public and you can buy any of the cool merch there. If you want some cool Green Taurus merch or some cool Driftblim Daycare merch, you can go get it over there. And of course, you can support the show more directly by going to our Patreon, patreon.com slash pucklepodcast. I'm hoping to be able to get on the ball with some more of these things here in the near future. Uh, there's going to be a letter going out in the next week for everybody for April. Um, hopefully with an exclusive Bosephus card as well. It's just difficult because I've been packing the past month, so everything's a bit slower. And then, of course, you can also, if you have a Twitch Prime membership, you can go to, or not a Twitch Prime, but an Amazon Prime membership, and you haven't already, you could go to Twitch and use your Twitch Prime membership on us. It's free for you, but it's 250 for us, and we really do appreciate it. Uh, that should be noted as well that you have to resubscribe every time every month to keep that going but we really do appreciate it if you would take the time if you don't use it and you just have an amazon prime account lying around so i think that's going to be it for the show i'm trainer thatch i'm shabu and i'm sublime and here in the lavender town radio tower it's closing time
as always, we would like to thank our patrons who make all of the awesome things we do here at Puckle possible. So here we go. Thank you to Declan, Dark Flame, Ten Little Men, Duly Noted, Andrea, The Fluffiest Whimsicott, Locke, Shamu, Manga87, Snag, Jushiro, Bosephus, Alvarin, Seth Vilo, Minor Minetric, Claude9, Chris, John, R Sigma, Doc McStuffles, Jestern, The Golden Klefki, Uncle Oshawott, Trevor, TJ, Dexio, Shambles, Birdkeeper Cobra, Richard, Daniel, Traby, Greg, Alec, Mikey, Ozzy, Kenneth, The British Gent, Sparky, Brian, Rotted, Orange Avenger, Thomas, Jedi DJ, Antonio, Dennis, Anime Gravy, Travis, Mark, Beaverla, Inferno, and Air, and The Real EV, my apologies, and thank you guys for all of you, uh, you make everything possible here at Puckle. Hopefully we'll be able to do a live show on the 28th. Uh, it's TBA right now because I might be moving into a new house or at least walking through it. So I will try to do a live show with you guys this month. And I hope to catch you guys all on the flip flop. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.